Hello everyone, um, this is Lewis from Two Left Feet and um, you've not heard from us for a while, for a while. Um, we are very sorry about that. What we've decided to do is switch up the format so it's just an audio podcast now because uh, doing all the cameras and stuff was a, a lot of work which actually meant we didn't record anything. It put us off the idea of recording them and it's... I, we both feel we're more likely to actually record episodes if it's a lot easier to do. So it's just voices now, just voices and music. Um, so yeah, enjoy the episode. Cheers to that. We're both sitting here with coffees. Yeah. Um, we wanted to return to a conversation that we had about business and art. The art of business. No, the other way around. The business of art making. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose... Just to jump off from what you were said there, um, there's a there's a kind of business that we're expected to do as artists. There's a there's a unclear divide between when we're doing art and when we're doing business. Yeah. As freelance freeloaders, no, not freeloaders, <laughs> freelancers in the arts, yeah. artist freelancers. Yeah. Because, for example when the venue starts a conversation with us about how to sell the show, yeah. it still feels like that is part of the art yeah. and not part of a new conversation about a business model. Yeah. And then when it doesn't sell, which I've had, I'll freely admit that, plenty, plenty of times, <laughs> uh, when it doesn't sell, it feels like a reflection on the art and not a reflection on my practice as a businessman. Mm. Um, which feels a little unfair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this came out of a conversation about, like, the fact that we are all actually just, like, small business owners. But it's... N- but, like... By we all, I mean, like, people who are trying to make a living in the arts. Like, it's not... Yeah, but but it, but it's not talked about like that. And then beginning to, like, <laughs> realise how confusing that is. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about, like, getting into following lots of different um, artists on in- Instagram who are making comics and zines and books and also I mean and other things but like people who like somehow 
even if they're not making much money in the same way that I'm not making much money from my art, there is a certain business model which is clearer just because they are making objects that then they sell. And there's a certain way in which that business side of things being a bit more transparent is quite appealing to me because I feel like so much of the time the projects that I'm involved in are quite complicated in terms of what it is that um, I'm selling or where the money is being spent or like there might be lots of people involved and it's kind of complicated you know it's there's some complexity to it and I'd never talked with my colleagues about how we're running a business when we really are because we all live in capitalism mm-hmm. and we're making money out of stuff and selling it. Yeah, but it's not clear and who or, you're selling it to. Or, or yeah, yeah. And well, can well, you, yeah. Well, can, do I mean, you think the, it is. The, I mean, well, in theory, it's just the audience, isn't it? Audience, yes. But, but also, the, you get is... you get like commission seed funding from. So, in a way, Sadler's perhaps yeah has bought. Something from yes, you. Yes, exactly, yeah. And before yeah. you made it, so it's yeah, kind of yeah, almost yeah. like the advance on a book. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that is a... Yeah, there's the stages. And then also there's a complicated... complication thrown in, which is that we have, like, public funding mm. and we are operating as, like, a, you know, not-for-profit... Yeah. ...project-based uh, uh, body... So there's all, like it's very understandable as to why we don't talk about what we're doing as like running a business because it's not there are more steps added there's more like directions in which money is going there's but ultimately even if we have um public funding there's still a point within that in which we have to sit down and say, okay, how should we sell the tickets so that mm. we get paid? Like, ultimately, there's always yeah. a something like that. And that that conversation of, like, okay, so how do we sell the tickets so that we get paid um, is, as you say, often, like, feels like an artistic conversation. So, like, this mm-hmm. example that I was talking about the other day was, like, being asked by... A producer at a venue, um, like, what do you, who, who do you want to see your work? What do you want for your work? How do you want this to be presented and framed? And that was really a question, like, like, an art, like framed as an artistic question. So, what's going to be the best for this um, film you're making? What is um, going to be like optimal and what's been your plan as an artist from the beginning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think that often <laughs> in response to that question I'm like well I mean I want 
any like whoever wants to see it i'd love them to see it yeah. you know like, whoever happens to kind of come across it um they can they can watch it that would be great yeah. <laughs> like i don't have like really strong ideas about like how something might be received so when when there's a strategic like okay how do we get this out there i want to maybe switch hats for my own sanity and say mm. oh okay marketplace selling mm. and i might initially like squirm at that language but ultimately it's really helpful to be fucking honest about like the we, the world we live in essentially isn't it yeah yeah mm. and i've got i i've noticed myself go back and forth on that mm. <coughs> over the years like coming out of um uni and having this real kind of this exact same I think I've come full circle to it. It's like, yeah. yes, please, anyone who wants to watch it can watch it. Any, any, anyone, please. <laughs> it doesn't matter who. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of <clears throat> realised that that doesn't work for the form filling of the Arts Council thing. Or it doesn't, event, no venue wants to hear that because it's not workable. You can't work with that. And so I started to go, no, that's a naive, silly viewpoint that's not worth entertaining anymore. I need to start looking at Arts Council-defined demographics, um, which we've done in applications over the years, or I need to start plucking weird strata of society out of thin air, like people who play board games. <laughs> uh, and all of them begin with people who, because I can't think of what any of these groups would, what their collective noun would be. <laughs> uh, people who like to go bowling. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, clumsy wording. But so, the, so then I got into that thing quite well, not deep because I didn't, you know, my producer has saved me from dealing with lots of that. But you've adopted it. But I've I've adopted that mindset. Mm. Um, to a degree, like I need to have that at the back of my mind or something. And now I've come back to the original one of that's not my fucking problem, man. Mm. I shouldn't have to know that. Mm. Um, kind of entering a more kind of pure understanding of art making mm. as like this is just if I'm going to be like truly just like following creative impulses. Mm. I can't be thinking about that. Mm. Um, we don't expect... I mean, people are doing this on behalf of Bjork, but we don't expect <laughs> Bjork necessarily to know who mm. her work is for and understand, like, who she's selling it to. We kind of want to believe that she's absolutely not thinking about that. Exactly, because we, the we direct opposite, because it's repulsive to hear it. Yeah, we want to feel like she's doing what's so true to her and then we will have a reaction to it from our true selves yeah not because we are people who go bowling or, not because yeah. we are people who yeah. uh, what was the other one uh like board games like board games yeah. it's not it's not yeah. that i was put into a category and yeah, then i was yeah, yeah, yeah. given something that people in other categories don't yeah. get it's it's that i followed my truest yeah impulses and desires and that's why I like Bjork. <laughs> yeah, because I relate to her. Yeah, because I am, I am kind of her. Yeah. I'm, I'm Bjork as well. <laughs> she is Bjork and I am also Bjork in part. And, like, 
so how do you feel about the fact that you have to also run a business right yeah so that all of that was to get to a point of saying that I do I I would not um I would like to have this kind of more pure understanding where I don't have to think about the uh audience mm. sectors but I understand that I still do have to because of because mm. I'm meeting the world that mm. exists rather than mm. the fantastical one um do you enjoy any aspect of that side of it? Um, I tell you, maybe what makes that kind of funny question is that... Well, I only have a funny... Not a funny answer. My answer is a bit wonky because mm. I've never really followed the demographic marketing strand and had it succeed yeah so that makes it not fun like i kind of do this little bit of like soul killing Mm. like shift to business model let's do it market to these people it's never actually like people have come to my shows like 30 35 people Mm. in edinburgh um maybe a hundred at the place yeah. yeah stuff like that um but but I've never yeah and I've also never personally done a marketing plan of like mm. planning out my posts where they go how mm. much gets spent on it so um in a way I don't I don't no I don't enjoy it I've not had a chance to enjoy it yeah. not, maybe not given myself a chance to enjoy it as well because I've kind of told myself the whole time I'm no good at this I'm no good at this Mm. Um, because it's yeah it's also like somewhat reductive or whatever often has to happen while you're making a show or something like it's it's very hard to fit it in like I had an experience last oh what year are we this year (laughs) in summer where I was curating these residencies so I was not presenting as an artist I was curating and I therefore took on a slightly more like outside role and I quite enjoyed promoting what I was doing and like um, with the help of producer and designer like pulling a poster and a flyer together and putting them up and like there are ways in which if I'd had more time and there you know various things got in the way like I could have done an even better job of getting things out really like a lot sooner or like I didn't like the press release didn't get out when I thought it should and that was you know I'll blame other people for that but you know like (laughs) lots of moving parts basically which and I would that was kind of the like although I've done a lot of selling stuff over the years that felt like first time I'd done that kind of thing on my own and first time I've, I feel like it was the first time I'd done that in a while, you know. So there's lots of things I felt like I was learning for the first time. But I quite enjoyed that interaction with Instagram. Like, that's but that was where it mostly took place, right? And that was, mm-hmm. And also, like, I emailed, like, not many, just, like, a handful of people in Nottingham where it was happening 
who I thought would be particularly interested and they couldn't make it but they did get back to me and said oh yeah this was really relevant to us we we weren't available but thanks for letting us know so like I'm not like I really am kind of yeah I sort of identify as anti-capitalist person I don't want capitalism to be the structure that we live in but it is the structure we live in and there are elements of like the qualities of capitalism that (laughs) we've all been brought up into where you have like a feeling of like achievement and reward according to how much money you're making I have that relationship to those things which means that I do feel good when I sell something and it and it feels like it might be working or I promote something and it feels like people see it and the word gets carried in the way that I intended it to you know like all these little kind of things that you're supposed to feel good about it does work in that way and then there is also I suppose just like it's gratifying to have your work witnessed or seen by an audience like that's I don't think anyone is going to like deny that that can be like really important just generally like you know on a human level we want you know we're designed to be in relation to other people mm-hmm. designed by the by great, the great designer. the great designer yeah <laughs> <laughs> we are, have we survive social as social beings mm. we don't survive in isolation so there's something really human that's just, you know, you want people to interact. But we interact via money. Even when you're doing an arts council project and all your events are free, yeah. <laughs> you're still like, you know, there is a monetary element to the fact that you had, you got funding or, you know, you promoted yourself, as you said earlier, to the mm. people who are giving you the money. Mm-hmm. You're selling a business every step of the way, even if it's not to the audience. I was gonna try and steer it towards like something um, not uh, not strictly doesn't have to be helpful mm. doesn't have to be advice mm. but can it be helpful advice? Can what be helpful advice? The thing we say next. Oh. <laughs> um, not that this is an advice podcast. Well, but, it could be. But I think this um, maybe some kind of upswing or at least survival tools, uh, even if there's no upswing, because we know that there's not really much of an upswing as this world generally is tending to swing <laughs> down in terms of um, optimism. But survival tools is a different way of framing survival tools question mark can you survive do you want do you have any or do you want me to come in with some i was just going to also propose yeah. not propose uh reflect on something which is kind of the thrust of the whole conversation yeah which i'm just reflecting back to you mm. is there something quite nice about dividing into as as an anti-capitalist um, radical art <laughs> person, mm. is there something quite pleasing about uh, dividing between artist and business person 
because the bit that you're more likely to fail at, well, because business person has success and failure attached to it, the art, we would all like, I'm sure, to understand that there is no right or wrong in art. Mm. Success and failure are both equally valid. Success and failure maybe don't exist yeah. in art. It would be nice to see that model of art yeah. go fully into that and then the bit that failed was business and as this anti-capitalist radical it's actually not so bad if the business failed <laughs> because <laughs> this is not a skill set that I place a huge amount of value in. Other than that it brings food onto the table. But yes. So there's that. I, I, there's, so there's the fact there's yeah. the tangible material circumstances element. Yeah. But ideologically Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't succeed at business, that's not that's not so tied to my identity. Exactly. So that's yeah. quite nice. Yeah. Even though I will have to go and do some other job now. Yeah. <laughs> for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, like it I didn't it, fail as an artist. It punches your person. Yeah. Differently if you if you if you under, if you can if your set of beliefs in those in this world is that you understand business as like a kind of unfortunate <laughs> construct <laughs> that we use in order to exist in capitalism to feed off each other's wealth in order to create our own wealth mm. then if you are failing at that it's quite it's 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 very possible to not feel too insulted as a human yeah that you failed at that whereas yeah the artist is it it can be a much more personal kind of punch in the gut to to have and to sort of measure yourself as an artist who succeeds and fails yeah i mean i'm just repeating what you said in different words it's wicked i love it but yeah i think in terms of like you know what <laughs> advice Oh, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, before you said this to like this this draw the line between art and business. I mean that that would be my yeah. approach. It's like a transparency around what is actually going on in each moment. And I'm gonna say they are impossible to separate. Yeah. Because we've completely meshed them together. Yeah. And I wouldn't successfully be able to like pull them apart really if I was you know, if if I'm making art, I'm always thinking about selling it like just somewhere in the back of my brain you know I'm I'm thinking about and even if I'm just selling it to myself you know I'm trying to convince the consumer in my own Mm. head that (laughs) will I want to spend time on this thing will I want to watch this thing or read this thing or yeah and then in in the same way like it's hard to talk about business without also talking about the art that you've made that you're trying to sell so like they are yeah they're inextricable but there we can separate them a lot more than we currently do in my opinion i I, sorry not we i can i could do that a lot more in in the work that i do yeah and also i think it 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 does feel like people who work in organizations who are very like embedded in that in in those institutions are going to have a harder time just do that separating. Yeah. Um, because of, like, just the nature of those institutions being, like, primarily business models, business structures, rather. 
who's <laughs> like but but I think identity wise primarily consider themselves to be art art spaces mm. so there's like a kind of mm. real like identity confusion yeah and that's why when you as an artist if you interact with these places they are not doing that separating for you yeah yeah, because the people who work there want to feel like they're having artistic conversations when they're talking to artists, but the conversations artists have with them are business conversations. That makes sense. Yeah, I that think makes that's, sense. Yeah, I have a key point. <laughs> I have another key point which I remembered from our last conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Which is that. Uh, whilst we are acknowledging the importance of getting on with this um, split that we have in ourselves between the art and business and understanding how to sell our work and stuff, there's a utopian vision. Mm. I mean, maybe not. This is not this is like uh, incremental utopia. Sure. So not the final <laughs> world that we wish for. But a lovely thing would be mm. if these people at these organisations weren't so rushed off their feet with other work that they could actually spend time thinking about and understanding the art we've made Mm. so that they can do the target audience development sheet so that they can work out who this is for and how to reach those people rather than it being left to us because that in kind of real terms as an artist that shouldn't be our job there's enough to get on with in making art i'm sure we can all agree yeah yeah that we don't need to i mean david lynch like has he ever thought about i love these bjork and david lynch they're really good examples (laughs) of like mainstream also the way they've been marketed right we we see them as like yeah as these like quite as you say, like these kind of pure. Uh, okay, um, this is a, this is a kind of like insert. But um, when you were talking about pure earlier, I was thinking also we talked about like something about like art making as a more private thing, and mm. there's a connection for me between like pure, which is obviously like a kind of you could problematize that word, but mm, like yeah, yeah. private, something that's like it doesn't nec- doesn't need to concern people beyond yourself like it yeah. could do but it doesn't need to yeah there is something that about art making and we like to think maybe like this Bjork and this David Lynch mm. people who are like they're not like reaching out into the big world like in, into the world to like turn people's heads towards them they're mm. not like penetrating outside of their own bubble in like order... David Guetta right <laughs> David Guetta is looking like, to look at me. force heads Look at this. Him. Yeah, I, yeah. I, this is for you. This is something that you are going to be like fucking jazzed about. Yeah. Whereas David, David Lynch, Lynch is like, like, I feel yeah. the moment of creativity. Also, you're jazzed about those things and I'm not going to give that to you because you shouldn't be jazzed about those things. Also, you know, like there's yeah, lots of like yeah, direct yeah, challenges to... Yeah. Anyway... Circling back to well, David Lynch doesn't okay. doesn't well. This is uh, this is I think maybe where we started the insert. Okay. Just on the the fact that when he's asked to elaborate 
on a, on a point. Oh yeah, this great. He quote. just says no, yeah, or no, you know, like. You. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain degree to which he's been successful enough to not need to. So we're seeing sure. him say no to that question. Can you elaborate on that? No, we're seeing that in his fifties, sixties. Yeah. After a kind of illustrious career. But also, he got to that point by... I mean, I don't know the reality of his life, but there's a fairly uncompromising thing there, Mm. um, it seems. Yeah, totally. That's definitely the impression. I I don't even know this, but it feels like he's not mapping out people who go bowling will watch this film. No. People who... Maybe people are doing that on his behalf, like they are with Bjork. But yeah. but he but that means, you know, why are the people from XYZ venue not doing that for us? Yeah, so this yeah, yeah, yeah. This kind of I mean there is a a, a feeling that our arts institutions that like their purpose is to support um, artists in making art and um, people in finding where and find finding art to watch or to consume. Yeah. And that is like, in theory, like a really great, useful role that frees up artists to to like just kind of occupy themselves with with art making and then they do the business side of it i mean there is something there is something in that like i'm not saying that that's how it like like there's ways in which that fails but that's the idea right and there is something already kind of like a bit odd like if i think really like broad if i really step back and i think there's something Um, really at odds between like living in capitalism and um, art making as a job. I mean, maybe we've talked about this before. I can't remember. I'm maybe opening up a can another big topic, but like, um, it's really funky that art is something that we try and make money out of Mm, as a kind of like (laughs) starting place like it is just really funky that we do that like personally I funky well personally I would really like 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 jarring oh I see right yeah yeah. like personally I would love to think that art is something that everyone can do in their with with their time they can spend their time like making things moving things around with their hands reflecting well, this is the this is the kind of genuine this is the genuine utopia this is the kind of exactly yeah this is the end yeah <laughs> not the end this is the uh, yeah the end point and if we all had like financial support or just like our means met uh, not our means our needs met mm. with means from some place <laughs> <laughs> then there would be that space for for art to be something that is like um recreational social yeah. uh community based like or private or you know like whatever it needs to be yeah because you know it's a broad church 
Um, so what's happened is like it's become like a career option in capitalism. So we can make money out of art because art, the main, the main sort of like purpose gets redirected from like something that we do to like enjoy life mm. and instead something that we do for other people to watch so they can enjoy life. You know, there's a kind of like mm. focus on like other people seeing your art. Oh, yeah, just yes. like art being an activity. Inspire the youth. Inspire the youth. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of going a big loop back into like... I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? If you could imagine like you don't need to have a career option you know yeah career, what if what if having a career would be an option so you can, oh i see you, yeah, can you work, don't have to have a career but or you, you can could you want. Yeah, just exactly. engage in like pursuits of kind of mind expansion yeah yeah uh, through art making yeah and that won't be to everyone's interest but it will be to some and the expansion as well even that is not shouldn't be a priority you don't need to expand your mind forever you could just yeah engage with yeah artistic things as a um, yeah exactly like just like a a, a continuous no growth yeah activity (laughs) yeah just maintains itself yeah as you grow as a person just keep making collages yeah on the same with the same materials for your whole life van gogh i suppose is a example of somebody who was supported through doing that kind of pure recreational art. He didn't have a career. I suppose, yeah, yeah. Until after he died. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, but, you know, it didn't... But he kind of also... Yeah, he sort of moved in circles, no? He kind of, like, yeah. moved in, like, art. Oh, so he was kind of but, a failing businessman in but what his I, life. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But what I mean is also he was supported, what, by his brother? His brother was had a job, and, oh, yeah. and he supported him financially. So, yeah. so this thing, which is has historically and is currently a privilege of the uber wealthy or the uber wealthy adjacent yeah. family members, you know, having family members who are rich enough to give you money to subsist on. Yeah. What if that was just like available to everybody? Yeah, exactly. So that everybody could have this amount of option. Well, this is what I was going to come back to, because, like, if we understand, you know, ideally art is not about having a career, it's about something that you do to enjoy life. You get, like, in the world we live in, that enjoyment, that recreation is only granted to those who can afford it. Mm, yeah. And, like... That is so dominant that this model that we have at the moment of like we have artists who've made that, that who've made a career in, out of making art and the organizations that support them those organizations really facilitate that kind of um, recreational <laughs> type of career and I'm not saying recreational career like that that's like a weird juxtaposition that's not very that, like obviously people who are um, like me, I'm. I do. I, I work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not that I don't have a job. I work, and I make a living out of working. Yeah. But there is some. 
thing inherent to my work, which also really feeds into like my well being. Um, and that's like sometimes it also just stresses me out, and that's just, you know that that's like a real dysfunction if you think about it in terms of like yeah. art making. Like that's like that's a real shame. <laughs> <laughs> but like there is something where like if I can remind myself, okay, fundamentally you're being paid to occupy yourself with art making. Great, like that really like I can enjoy that. I can. Um, benefit from that and that's like a massive privilege and there's very few people in the world who are doing that and I think what you're saying about like artists shouldn't have to do the business side of their work I think that's true in this um the world that we've that we have where we have um the way that organizations should be functioning is to support people who want to work in work as artists and helping them with producing and doing the business side and selling their work and finding audiences mm. but there is also a degree to which that relationship between individuals and like artists and organizations sustains this exclusivity that like we exist in for example like we like many 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 most artists are kind of in living in a quite a kind of exclusive yeah space yeah yeah yeah. and i do feel there's something like similar to i don't know coming into circles of contemporary art chatter as somebody who, you know, even with the privileges I have, mm. is uh, maybe not as connected as others, I feel a similar kind of feeling of exclusion as mm. one might feel as a kind of, you know, a Downton Abbey, you know, not <laughs> knowing the codes and conventions a little bit. I feel, yeah. I feel a little bit like a ragamuffin at some... Yeah, yeah, sure. ...some organisation... Yeah. places um, and I, that's so kind of weird because I'm actually like really not in terms of like <laughs> mm-hmm. where I you know I'm I'm much more kind of connected than other people yeah, yeah. so it, yeah this kind of high society exclusivity thing has a real kind of tangible feeling to it yeah um, I mean not to blame anyone at these organisations they're all kind of doing their best in a um, system which is... Yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like we're not, in this conversation, we're not getting into, like, we're not kind of talking about, in much detail, like, class or, Mm. like, who gets to be in art. Like, we're not going into that in detail because there's lots of, like, other conversations that would take us there better, in a a better way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I guess, yeah, the, the the way we're talking about, like, who gets to participate in art in this conversation is is kind of, kind of just going, like, looking at art as an activity 
and business as an activity. Yeah. And business as an activity that is necessary and in response to capitalism and art making as something which I think both of us would love to be slightly more separated from mm. business and separated from capitalism and seeing how those things are in reality quite inseparable but there are ways in which they can be so like does that make sense that does make sense okay i mean a way to like separate them is just like i feel like just in 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 any conversation where you're planning or like you know in a meeting or working out what, what like really like okay, are we talking about how to sell this or or are we talking about how we make this? And if they are combined, if there's a big Venn diagram, then that's fine. And But understanding that if there are ways in which those conversations are different, that that is probably going to be quite healthy. <laughs> and helpful like because I, I think I could be a much better business person <laughs> if I like separate those things as well <laughs> I don't think you like yeah. yeah so there's a kind of strategic side to me wanting to be more explicit about what is yeah. business and what's art yeah, yeah, yeah. which is me wanting to be a better businessman me, well, me wanting to succeed at capitalism better <laughs> Well, then, yeah, because um, I guess there's a ruthlessness that you can't engage with in, yeah. uh, if you're still in your creative headspace. Yeah. And also, if there is a ruthlessness and actually that you don't want to engage with that, then you know, you can admit to yourself, oh, if I'm not going to engage with that, then only this many people are actually going to see this art that I've made. Yeah. Okay, not, I can accept that because I understand cool, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not that's not utopia, but that is the reason. That's yeah. the reason. And that's not because I've made something shit. And it's not it's because, because I'm lacking I don't as an artist. Yeah. Or I can't or I choose not to. Or it's, I'm being blocked, I'm being obstructed from selling this work. Yeah. It's that I'm being kind to myself and what I've created. Yeah. Yeah, like Great. like what you make is what you make. Great. And, you know, let's bring on more, more like, crappy art. Just, like, yeah, really, art really that just, like, sucks. just exists and doesn't sell. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real bad stuff. would be great to see. All right, well, it's awesome talking to you, Lewis Holt. Thanks, Sally Sikorsky. You're welcome. Uh, see you again. See you again sometime. Thanks for listening. Ciao. We've been Two Left Feet. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao.